Section 43 of Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Peter. The World Story, Volume 11. Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 43. How Alexander Mackenzie Reached the Pacific Ocean, 1793, by Rev. J. O. Miller. Sir Alexander Mackenzie, an energetic Scotchman in the employ of the Northwest Fur Company, discovered in 1789 the river which bears his name. Later he led an expedition to the Pacific coast, which he reached in 1793, the first white man to accomplish the feat by an overland journey. The Editor in 1792, Sir Alexander Mackenzie determined to attempt the feat, hitherto unaccomplished, of finding his way to the Pacific Ocean. Taking a few men and two canoes, he left Fort Chippewahan on the 10th of October and went up the Peace River. By the 1st of November, he was obliged to go into winter quarters at the company's most westerly outpost. The cold months were spent in collecting a store of furs. On the 9th of May, 1793, Mackenzie set forth upon his search for the Pacific. He took one birch-bark canoe, over twenty-five feet long, which carried ten men, baggage, food, ammunition, and goods for barter. As the solitary canoe made its way up the river, the current became so strong that it sometimes took seven days to make a distance that was accomplished in one day on the return journey. The frail boat was so frequently broken that the numerous patches soon doubled its original weight. As they got into the Rocky Mountains, the explorers often made less than three miles a day, and the labor was so arduous that Mackenzie's companions began to urge him to give up the dangerous enterprise. The Indians they met also tried to dissuade him from going on, but he declared he would not turn back if he had to proceed alone. When he reached the headwaters of the Peace River, he found that the portage necessary to be made to reach a stream flowing west was so difficult as almost to defy the resolution of the boldest. Paths had to be cut, morasses to be crossed, the guides deserted, provisions ran low, and the men lost heart. Mackenzie alone preserved his courage and persevered without a thought of giving up. The following is his account of one dangerous incident. We had hardly regained our situations when we drove against a rock which shattered the stern of the canoe in such a manner that it held only by the gunwales, so that the steersman could no longer keep his place. The violence of this stroke drove us to the opposite side of the river, when the bow met with the same fate as the stern. At this moment the foreman seized on some branches of a small tree in the hope of bringing up the canoe, but such was their elasticity that, in a manner not easily described, he was jerked on shore in an instant, with a degree of violence that threatened his destruction. But we had no time to turn from our own situation to inquire what had befallen him, for in a few moments we came across a cascade which broke several large holes in the bottom of the canoe and started all the bars, except one behind the scooping seat. The wreck becoming flat on the water, we all jumped out and held fast to it, to which fortunate resolution we owed our safety, as we should otherwise have been dashed against the rocks by the force of the water or driven over the cascades. The river which they had thus entered was the swift-flowing Fraser, the Mackenzie laid it down on his map as the Columbia. With the greatest difficulty he gathered bark and gum, 
and stopping on an island built another canoe. After proceeding rapidly downstream for some days, he found from friendly Indians that his easiest way to reach the coast was to retrace his course for about one hundred miles, and then to leave the river and strike out to the west on foot. With infinite toil this was done, and on the 4th of July, having buried what goods and food they could not carry, the little band began their westward march. There is not space to tell of the new difficulties and dangers that beset them as they climbed height after height of the snow-clad mountains of the coast range. On the 19th of July, Mackenzie fell in with some Indians who had seen Captain Cook, and thus cheered, he pushed on. Next day he, at last, beheld an arm of the sea glistening in the distance, and on the 21st he issued forth upon the waters of Mackenzie's outlet. We can imagine his feelings as he looked upon the mighty waters. We place him in our minds beside the other discoverers of that ocean. Like stout Cortez, when with eagle eyes he stared at the Pacific, and all his men looked at each other with a wild surmise, silent upon a peak in Darien. Or like Drake, who over two hundred years earlier climbed the hill and the tree on top of it, and saw at once both the Atlantic and the Pacific, and exclaimed, Almighty God, of thy goodness give me life, and leave to sail once an English ship upon that sea. He proceeded some distance along its shores, and on the face of the great cliff he wrote an inscription. I now mixed up some vermilion and melted grease, and inscribed in large characters on the southeast face of the rock on which we had slept last night this brief memorial, Alexander Mackenzie, from Canada, by land, the 22nd of July, 1793. Owing to a hostile demonstration on the part of the natives, who had suffered from the firearms of the white men who had come there in ships, Mackenzie was obliged to leave the coast two days after his arrival. His return was made with less difficulty than the journey out, and once upon the waters of the Peace River, it was delightfully easy— except for the pangs of hunger, owing to temporary scarcity of game. He reached his previous winter's camp on the 24th of August. At length, as we rounded a point and came in view of the fort, we threw out our flag and accompanied it with a general discharge of our firearms, while the men were in such spirits and made such an active use of their paddles that we arrived before the two men whom we left here in the spring could recover their senses to answer us. Thus we landed at four in the afternoon at the place which we left on the ninth of May. Here my voyages of discovery terminate. The great explorer was knighted by the king in 1802. In time he set up a rival fur company of his own called Sir Alexander Mackenzie and Company, afterwards united with the Hudson's Bay Company. End of section 43. This recording is in the public domain.